Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry, and today we're talking about mentorships and how to make them work in times of COVID-19. I'm joined by two guests today on Zoom. One of those is Theo Chukomba, a BBC broadcast journalist, and the other is Ishwari Yadi, a student at the University of Leeds studying film, photography and media. But what do they have in common? Well, in January of this year, Theo puts out a call out on social media, offering his guidance and expertise to five students aspiring to enter the media world. And one of those successful applicants was Ishwari. Then, of course, we had a global pandemic and a national lockdown. So much like the rest of the world, they've spent a lot of time on Zoom calls trying to make that mentorship work. What we're going to dig into today is very much the ins and outs of how it all worked. We'll touch on the key goals Ishwari wanted to achieve, how Theo's experience helped, and what it really takes to make a mentorship work. Of course, mentorships take place at all levels of seniority, but there are some universal truths that we can apply across the board. We can't underestimate the importance of having a second opinion or a friendly face to go to in these difficult times, so there's lots of best practices to come. But before we jump into that conversation, here's something to put into your diary. As well as great editorial content, journalism.co.uk provides media training for journalists, editors and other media professionals. On the 2nd of November 2020, we are running an online course on how to become a successful freelance journalist. That's led by Lily Cantor and Emma Wilkinson, two experienced freelance journalists and the co-authors and co-hosts of the Freelancing for Journalists book and podcast. For this course and all the other great courses we run, head over to journalism.co.uk forward slash courses. Theo, Ishwari, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. Great to speak to you both. Ishwari, let's let's start with you. How's uni going? How's the working situation at the moment? Um, it's going pretty well so far. Um, this is my first week, so I haven't had much experience with using Zoom and whatnot with the classes, but it's been okay. It's been a bit awkward at times, but I think we're all just still adjusting to it a bit. I think we can all share those sentiments. Theo, how's the working situation for you? Oh, it sucks right now because I'm at home. Um, I've been working from home for two weeks uh, because um, I had a bit of symptoms, like COVID symptoms. Uh, so I'm still waiting for my test. But apart from that, before that, work was absolutely fine and I was enjoying it. And um, yeah. God, I hope you're all right. Okay. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> well, all the best with that, Theo. Um, it's great to have a chance to speak to you and Ishwari, because you're the mentor, she's the mentee. Take me back to January when you sort of did that public call out um, on social media, offering your your experience and your guidance out to university students. Why did you decide to do that? Yeah, uh, so in January, um, I thought, you know what, um, this is a good year to kind of gather and help others who are in the situation I was in not too long ago. Um, I'd wanted to do it for ages by myself, uh, but I just... I was just procrastinating and I thought, you know what, you know, when people say 2020, this is the year I'm going to do something different. And I was like, you know, what? let me not just say it, let me do it. Uh, when I was in university, I was a student ambassador for the course for, for my journalism course. So for incoming students or students who are in the first and second year, I'd be helping them out uh, with any advice or issues they have. When I started working at the BBC, I was being taken by some of my bosses to go to schools 
or do talks for uh, potential students who want to go and study journalism, so on and so forth, even if it wasn't journalism, just to kind of help them think about what they want to do in their career. Um, so this January came and I said to one of my colleagues, I just thought, you know, what, can I just record a video in the studio and just um, this is something I'm doing for outside of work and they were all cool with it. Um, and then I did that and put it out there. Um, and I was really overwhelmed by the responses. I thought I'd get like two people, uh, mm -hmm. but I got well over 50 people uh, messaged me within the space of like three weeks. Um, and everyone was really interesting. Uh, and it was really hard to choose. So I only wanted to do five people because it's really hard just sorting everything out by myself because I'm still going to work. I'm not getting paid to do this, I'm doing it out of my own back in my own spare time. Um, so I whittled it down to 10 and then I had eight and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm actually struggling. And then mm -hmm. I took another week to deliberate and then I came down to five. Um, and Ishwara is here, she was one of the lucky people. I thought her application was really good. Um, and then oh, she just showed up. <laughs> no, no, I'm being deadly serious. If you saw <laughs> some of the others, you'd be like, do they really want to take this seriously? And I think it's the same when you apply for a job. Um, you have to show your passion and for me I saw that and it's been really interesting to chat to over the last couple of months even though this year is not what we anticipated uh, it's just been really good to to help as much as I can with the available uh, facilities or access that we have in this pandemic. There's something about a nice round number of 2020 which makes you feel like this is this is the year I'm gonna do it you know um, and of course everything did kind of go a little bit pear-shaped after that but we'll get on to that later on I suppose. Uh, you touched there on Ishwari's application and it being a bit of a standout um, standout entry. What is it you were looking for from a mentee? Um, I just wanted someone to show me that they care about the industry and specifically I want to help people that want to get into the broadcast industry. And I did say that I'm not trying to help people get into print because I don't work in print. I don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> specifically for broadcasting, whether that's on camera or off camera, it doesn't matter which one it was. And for me, um, I was looking for someone who's keen, who's uh, even if they haven't tried to, um, you know, get work experience in every single company, they've been trying to do things at university or they maybe if they haven't got to that stage uh, they're trying to get work experience or how do they figure out to you know do the things that will help them after university so I was looking at all those little things some people had done everything some people hadn't done everything but I, I feel like I, I got a mixture because um, I was trying to help people who are trying to get out there as well but if they showed that through their application then I was like wow this person even though they haven't got there yet they know what they want and they're serious and I could I can try and help them in the best way possible. But for those who have, especially those who are master's students, they've already been through the undergrad situation. Now it's all about trying to get a job, applications and grad schemes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, two very different uh, types of entries, but all of them uh, showed why they wanted this. And, and Ishwari ticked all the boxes, obviously. Uh, Ishwari, take me back to that time in January when you kind of saw the call out. Um, where were you in your professional development? Uh, why did you feel like a mentor would kind of really help you take the next step on, the, on that path? So yeah, like Theo was saying, there was a few people who were a lot more experienced than I was on um, his mentorship scheme. And I kind of over the past few years have got more experience joining that societies like the television or uh, radio uh, societies rather than getting hands-on experience as such 
So I thought a mentor would be good for just sort of the guidance and support and especially because Theo's so young as well and he's recently, you know, in the past few years graduated and got such a good job as well. Um, and then I saw his call for applicants and I messaged Theo saying, I'm not necessarily doing journalism at uni or that's maybe not the direction I'm going to end up in, but it's definitely something that interests me, especially more the behind the scenes. So like um, camera operating and that sort of stuff. And um, he just encouraged me to apply. And so I did. <laughs> and what did you really want to get out of it more than anything else? Um, I'd say there was like different parts of it. And I think partially it was just sort of having someone in the industry who could guide me. Even now, I'm sometimes a bit confused as to where to go, especially with the whole COVID thing. Um, but Theo's been really helpful throughout and he's spoken to me at different periods um, just to sort of make sure that I'm on the right track and motivated and focused. Um, but also I wanted to build the networks and Theo is such a good port of call because he has so many networks himself. So I think those two were like the main sort of reasons um, for starting out and applying. Nice, nice. Theo, had you been mentored yourself before doing this uh, mentorship that you were doing? Yeah, um, so I don't really have one specific mentor. I've kind of been building a portfolio of different kind of people. Um, so if I go all the way back to when I did start in the industry, uh, there's a guy called Jamal, um, who is a camera operator at ITV Granada. And he was just like really amazing when I met him on work experience back in 2015. And we still talk now. And it's just offering that bit of advice, you know, every now and again and support and encouragement and someone who watches your work and be like, yes, you're doing good. And then even like DMs me and then says, you know, you could have done this, I could have done that. And he's just been really good. And then in terms of just other people that I've reached out to and spoken to over the years, people like Hugh Edwards, um, who's the anchor at 10, uh, BBC News, uh, people like Chris Mason. Um, he's really good because he's like really open to you know people who are students and people who are getting through their career and he's um and then it's been like less notable people who are behind the scenes like in my office or uh, producers at world service who have previously worked with who are always like checking up on me and they're years ahead of me but um they're just open to to hear out you know some of the concerns i have um, and then it's just like broadcasters who are in the bbc uh, people like Dan Johnson, who's now an education correspondent. There's loads of people, basically. And what I'm trying to say is that, that I don't have one specific mentor, but I have different people who I can call on for different experiences, whether they're people who work in production, people who are um, editors, or people who are on screen. Because I work in on screen, but for you to even get to that point, you still have to have the uh, you know, the experience of being a journalist in production and knowing how to put things together and giving you confidence and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I have various mentors and I call upon them at different times when I'm in a mm -hmm. sticky situation or just want, you know, to bounce ideas off someone. A nice melting pot of different experiences there, I would say. Um, so at what point was the mentorship kind of uh, confirmed and you were then able to move forward? When was your decision made? I think end of February, that's when I... Uh, sent out a message just saying, uh, you know, I'd really like to take you on board and stuff like yeah. that. And then um, I think we all first had our first chat. I think it might have been end of February or March, and then the pandemic hit. This is where I was going. 
you know, the pandemic was a month later. What changed? How did that alter how you were going about organising this mentorship? Do you know what? At the time, it didn't really change too much. I remember we were all going on Zoom at like on like Saturday mornings. <laughs> I remember it was quite sunny back then. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, but Zoom has been good to us this year because it's at least allowed us to still talk. But I, I also said, you know, um, even if it's not just all of us joining on Zoom, because it's really hard to get everyone in the same place at the same time because everyone's got other things to do. So I call people individually or if you don't want to call me, you can email me. Um, like for example, Ishwara, she'll email me to uh, ask a question or just advice on anything else. Mm. Um, so I've gone about it that way. So I'm not saying, you know, we have to sit at 9 p.m. on Saturday to talk. I mean, we could do it anytime. You could just drop me a line and I'll respond to you as soon as I see it. Um, I think I've, that's what we've been doing, yeah. Yeah. Was that useful for you, Ishwari? How did you? How did it work for you? Yeah, definitely. Like Theo said, he he was so fast in replying to emails, and he was just a friendly person to go to. Um, so he'd always like drop us emails saying, "Oh, there's this on if you want to attend," or "I'd recommend you checking out this." And it was just nice because sometimes as a student, you can miss those opportunities. So just having them there continually in your um, inbox was <laughs> nice from Theo and obviously he was also there for, uh, to check my CV like he said and uh, he also set up a call which was his colleagues and I think one of them was Theo's mentor if I'm not mistaken. Um, He's nodding his head so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're, you're so small on my screen I can't see <laughs> um, but yeah it was just really nice to have you know different things that help me as a student I guess. So was it a mixture of like informal check-ins like you could just text them whenever you want and then like a regular kind of check-in where it'd be a bit more formal and assess kind of goals and targets and this kind of thing? Um, there were some one-to-ones especially at the start um, I think he called me at the very beginning I remember and he checked in just to see where I was and I think he sent me a document as well where we had to write down our goals, where we were, and then check. And I guess in the next few days, I'll be writing the end goal and where I am now um, and comparing it. But yeah, there were group calls as well. And they were really nice because it obviously helped me network and then meet other people, see how they were doing. And Okay. Tell me, what were your goals then? Tell me more about them. I guess it was to get that experience grow as a person. <laughs> but obviously with the COVID thing, a lot of industries won't accept young people because they can only have so many people on set or you know training up so I think for the time being that hasn't necessarily been achieved but my other goals of you know growing in confidence trying these new opportunities and just talking to someone who can maybe guide me a bit um, mm. I think I've definitely achieved them. <laughs> what are the new experiences? So Theo's um, recently sent out an email to check out um, it's for the Huffington Post and this is just one of the uh, things he sent but like previously he sent out um, other emails to so for example this was one of them as well just to try out stuff and get involved and put my name out there I guess show that I'm passionate about, about getting involved in the creative industry. Nice nice so Theo, how were you then able to kind of help with that specific goal where did your experience really come in useful? Um, as she was just saying like Huffington Post um, we're looking for people and it was actually for paid positions so 
this is not just work experience it's getting experience but you're also being paid for it um yeah. and then just a few days ago i sent uh, something for five live uh, as they're looking for some on-air contributors um and you could sign up that way um and then just in terms of other stuff this morning one of the other girls as well emma who's just finished her master's She's got a, I should, don't know if I should be saying this, but she's got an upcoming <laughs> interview. <laughs> she's got an interview at the BBC uh, soon. Um, and she messaged me at a very ungodly hour last night. Uh, saying <laughs> She's so excited that she's got an interview and she just wanted tips. And, um, you know, I literally this morning, I just spent uh, looking through um, the job description um, and then just giving like loads of tips and putting some of the typical questions they ask you um and so on and so forth and i've done that with some of the others as well um especially those who have been who are who are doing masters and were trying to apply for jobs over the last couple of months so um they would send me um like for example i remember there was bbc trainee scheme a couple of months ago uh, which had uh different types of questions and because i've done it before uh, they sent me their answers before they actually sent the application and then i just read it and tweaked it a little bit um, and then we did it that way to to help them in their application. Uh, and Ishwari, have you have you sent off that the application then with with HuffPost for the paid work? No, not yet. Hopefully soon. I think it's just um, as Theo said. I like. I think in one of the talks we had a while ago, he suggested that you know take your time on these, I guess, applications because that's the first impression they're going to get off you. And obviously, Theo's made me feel better about it because he just said that my application with him was good so it made me feel a bit better but um yeah just I just like to take my time and sometimes I think I do take too much time on it but you know rather I'd rather be safe than sorry I guess <laughs> sage advice what's the main benefit of having a mentor as a, as a as a student um I'd say it's because they've been in your position before um obviously if they went to uni but both my mentors had been and they've and especially Theo, he's so like he's just only just graduated in the past few years, so he knows how the system works and sort of the struggle to get into the industry. Yeah. He's made it look very easy, to be fair. But <laughs> yeah, Theo, can anyone be a mentor? You think, or does it take a particular skill? Um, in terms of can anyone, I think yes, as long as you are. I'd probably say a mentor, someone you look up to, who's who's been through has experience basically mm-hmm. otherwise you can't be telling someone uh, experience uh, that you don't have it's like someone coming to me for marriage advice but I've never been married so uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean so I think they have to have an element of experience and um, and and the thing for me I kind of said at the beginning is uh, you know I, I'm just going to be honest and brutal because uh, it's not easy um, to to get into the industry so I think if you are going to be a mentor just be honest and don't act like everything is going to be easy and I kind of said you know a lot of us me myself included don't really tell people that we've done 300 applications and we got rejected and we've been to interviews and they're absolutely terrible uh and you know people on Twitter or LinkedIn like say I've got a new job and you're thinking how's he got a new job it's not fair but you don't know that these people have applied to a million jobs. They haven't got any of them, but they've suddenly got a job. But, um, but yeah, in terms of mentorship, I think someone has to have a bit of experience. And if you are going to do it, um, just be open 
uh, make time for people. There's no point of saying, oh, I'm going to do it and you don't respond. I think I'm pretty good at responding to messages because I check them every day. Uh, so I make sure I respond. I don't leave it for like a week because that's just, it's not yeah. good. So don't do it if you don't have the time yeah. or you don't have, you know, the energy to do it. And I just recommend anyone to do it because there are people out there who will be really, really grateful if you do have the time and resources. So Ishwari knows all of your horror stories and your worst job interviews. Oof, I don't know about all of them, but... Some of them, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, lift, lifting the veil in that sense, I imagine, is useful because we see people on social media, they've got these great jobs, and you think it's all worked out great for them. And then in reality, we've all had those job interviews, haven't we? So it makes sense. Can you share one for us? One of your worst <laughs> experiences? Oh, I can share two. Go on. Okay, so I think this was about three years ago. There was a job for BBC... Uh, in Westminster in the politics department I think the job was for like a researcher I was still doing my masters I was already working in the BBC so this was an internal job in a different department and I went and it was probably the worst interview of my life and they I can't remember really what they asked me but it was like oh what would you do if this person was on politics live something to do with like a train station and I just didn't know what to answer and then it was the, that time when Brexit was in the news every day and they got um, a list, uh, a, basically an uh, A4 piece of paper with loads of different faces and, you, and I had to write down the names of each person. So it's like Michel Barnier or some random person in the EU commission. And I think I got like 14 out of 20. But it was really weird because the guy who was interviewing me said, oh, I'm surprised you got all of those because I wouldn't have. And I was just like, but you're the one interviewing me. Uh, it was a bit weird. Um, and then some of the other questions they asked me, I literally had no idea. And that was probably the worst interview of my life because um, I literally sat there and I actually said, I really don't know the answer to that question. Um, and that was probably one of my worst experiences. Um, I'd prepared so much, but the role wasn't really what I anticipated it to be um so yeah that was one and then the last one uh, i went for an interview at the guardian um this was 2017 and it was for a graduate job for a sub editor so i've never been really interested in print and this was just because it was a journalism job this is another rule i say don't apply for things you don't want <laughs> so for those who don't know, it's like sub-editor is not necessarily you writing. It's someone yeah. who goes through copy, for example, by, done by a writer. Yeah, fixing, fixing copy, yeah. Yeah, fixing copy, basically. And me, I've never wanted to do that. I've always wanted to be the person who writes the stories or broadcasts. So I went there. It was a really nice building near King's Cross. I was like, oh, this is fancy. And I saw the like, papers hanging up on the wall. The office was like grand with like lots of people on their computers and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Um, but bearing in mind, I was still working at the BBC at this time. Um, and then I went into the interview room and they were asking me, so why do you want this job? And I was like, oh, well, because I want to be a journalist. I want to do this, da, da, da. And then they were like, but we've seen your CV and you've done a lot of broadcasting. How, how does print go into the experience you've had? Because we clearly see you have no print experience and I was just like oh well you know I'm a journalist da, 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 da. I've tried to 
squared it and it didn't really work because it clearly showed that I didn't really want this opportunity uh, and I don't really know anything much about print. And then they asked me like, who are your favorite writers? And I think I just plucked like the most famous writers I've seen like retweeted onto my timeline. Like <laughs> it was so bad. Um, and then I had to do a test where I had to sub like a piece. Um, and anyway, long story short, I didn't get a job. And I'm glad I didn't because it's not what I wanted to do. And this is an interesting point because this morning when I uh, was messaging one of the other mentees, I kind of said, if you want to work here, you need to know the program uh, you're applying for. So if it's a specific TV program, you need to know it back to front, watch all their episodes, know what they're about, what is their ethos, who's their target audience, what do they do on social media, all that kind of stuff. Because uh, if you don't know that, they will know that you're someone who just wants a job uh, just to get through the month rather than someone who actually is really, really passionate about that job. Great advice there. Was that useful for you, Ishwari? Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, some of the stuff he said is probably something that I've done in previous interviews. Not that I've had many (laughs) to go (laughs) off, but... I think we'd all like people to avoid the mistakes that we make. So, yeah, nice. What's... um... What's the best bit of advice you can think of that Theo's given you this year? I'd probably say just the way he's been quite reassuring. Like he has been honest just then as well about how it can be hard getting in. And you do have to sort of have thick skin to get into the industry. But I think also just to be patient and believe in the journey, you know, (laughs) because if you work hard for it, I'm sure it will pay off at some point, just as it has for Theo and he obviously never stops working hard for what he has right now. <laughs> Let me put the same question to you, Theo. What's the best advice that you've been given in your throughout your men, uh, the mentorships that you've received? Oh, um, this would probably be one uh, from Hugh Edwards, like a couple of years ago. The very first time we met, he said to me, uh, don't think about what other people say to you. Just do it because if you want to reach somewhere, you are going to do it. And this was at a point where I was doing my master's working in production in London. Um, And I think a few years before that, when I was doing work experience, I met some guy said, oh, you know, for black people, it's really hard to get into the industry uh, and you're going to struggle. You're going to have to work 20 times as hard as anyone else, even if you've got the undergrad, the master's, the professional exams and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is this? Uh, Maybe I'm doing a wrong degree. Um, (laughs) And then uh, that really played on my mind for like a good two or three years, even when I'd got a job at the BBC. I was thinking, I've got this far and this is probably as far as I'm going to get. And then he kind of just said to me, oh, you know, there's these other young people around uh, and he kind of uh, just dropped their name and said, you know, these people are doing really well at such a young age. And you've clearly worked hard to where you are now. Why can't you also do the same? And within a year, I managed to do my first TV report when I was like 23. Um, and that, and it was from that day, I just changed my mindset. What do you think of that, Shwari? Let me get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I was just about to say, it's, I think as soon as someone believes in you and is positive, even if not a mental role, even as a friend, um, I think it just boosts your confidence altogether. And, like Theo he started applying for stuff and you know believing in it himself it clearly reflected on his work as well and I think that's something that I'll definitely be taking away from 
um, having Theo as my mentor because he's always so positive and whenever we talk about stuff he, he always even if it seems unrealistic at the time he will always try and um, reassure me that it is possible and kind of just to keep going in that direction and follow my dreams yeah and and as a as a BAME student Ishwari like how how important is is this message for you oh definitely so important I think as well especially because I'm in a creative field and I don't want to put anyone down but I feel like the creative uh, industries are almost like we don't have a guaranteed job at the end and from other uh, master classes or webinars or whatever I've attended there has been a few people in high senior positions who have said that it's not for everyone and it's not going to work out and that's obviously put a bit of a downer on my dreams but um, yeah just having someone mentor me and say that it is possible if you just you know believe in it strong enough and you you're doing everything because I think one of the first things he said was because I said to him oh I don't have much experience I'm not like I don't have any work experience really and he said but you've got experience through the things you're doing at the university and that just boosted my confidence a bit because I thought oh maybe then I do have a chance against my peers who do have a lot more experience than me so I hear that and Ishwari now, now that you've got a bit more experience a bit more confidence under your belt for the year ahead where is it that you still want to develop and still want to uh, continue your journey? Um, I think I am still as passionate about, you know, the production side as I was before, if not more. Um, so I definitely want to continue on that journey. But I think at, at the same time, um, with like the confidence that I have now, I'm trying to not let the whole COVID situation put me down. And there, I'm sure there are, there are many jobs that are waiting after uni, but um, for the time being, I'm just gonna enjoy the last year of uni and keep up with the sort of experience that I have through writing for the newspaper or you know joining these different societies and hopefully build on my skills in the creative industry. <laughs> Well, I wish you all the best with your studies, Ishwari. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. And Theo, thank you so much uh, for sharing all of your insights from the mentorship. Pleasure. <laughs> thank you very much. Really interesting speaking to the pair of them there. And what I take from this conversation is really quite simple. It's that whether you're a BBC journalist or a university student, it can't be underestimated the difference it makes to have someone in your corner. Mentorships can give you that boost to try things that you might talk yourself out of and that edge when it comes to advancing up the career ladder and hitting your personal goals. If you like what you heard today, I'd love it if you went and checked out more of our podcast episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. And if you'd like to feature on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you too. Drop me an email on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.